we invite you to gather with us around God's word. As we gather, we remember the wonders of God. We share his glorious and majestic deeds and delight in the great works of the Lord. We gather to praise the Lord. As we gather, we acknowledge that we serve a holy God and we come and ask for forgiveness. Forgive us, Lord, when we do not listen to your voice, when we allow ourselves to be swayed by what the world thinks and says, and we do not fear you or obey your word. Forgive us, Lord, when we create idols out of the things of this world, when you no longer are our central focus, and our lives revolve around money, sports, relationships, food, work, or the other trappings of this world. Forgive us, Lord, when we do not stop and think about the consequences of our actions, when we do things without thinking about how they may affect others. Forgive us when what we do causes others to sin. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, and through Jesus Christ, God has provided redemption for his people. Know now that our sins are forgiven. Lord, as we come to your word, we acknowledge that you are almighty. We pray that as we hear your word, as we hear your word read and spoken to us, we will listen carefully to what you have to say. We pray that as we learn from you, it will not just be knowledge to us, but that it will produce love in action. Amen. Our scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 21 to 28. The heading is, A Man with an Evil Spirit. Jesus and his disciples went to the town of Capernaum. Then on the next Sabbath he went into the Jewish meeting place and started teaching. Everyone was amazed at his teaching. He taught with authority and not like the teachers of the law of Moses. Suddenly a man with an evil spirit in him entered the meeting place and yelled, Jesus from Nazareth, what do you want with us? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are God's Holy One. Jesus told the evil spirit, Be quiet and come out of the man. The spirit shook him, then it gave a loud shout and left. Everyone was completely surprised and kept saying to each other, What is this? It must be some new kind of powerful teaching. Even the spirits obey him. News about Jesus quickly spread all over Galilee. The text in Mark, which we read, follows after Mark's record of the baptism and temptation of Jesus and his calling of the first disciples. And 
The text shows us Jesus, the teacher and the deliverer who acts in power and love. It may also raise for us the controversial issue of demon possession and how we should understand it today. As we work through the text from verse to verse, let us put Jesus in the center of everything. And let us also for ourselves identify Jesus as the faithful worshiper, the powerful preacher, the mighty deliverer, and also a popular celebrity. But most of all, focus on the authority that we see coming through as a central focus in this text. In verse 21, it was customary for Jesus to attend the synagogue. Soon it also becomes customary for him to teach while he's there. And so also on this occasion, Jesus having indicated his desire to speak and having gained permission to do so while standing read from the prophets, then seated, he explained the portion, read and applied it to the needs of the hearers. In verse 22, while Jesus was speaking and even after he had finished, the people were dumbfounded. Was it because Jesus, a carpenter, revealed such wisdom? Or was it that his teaching was contrasted with that of the scribes? In verse 23, we Meet the man with an unclean spirit. As is clear from Mark chapter 1, chapter 6 and Luke 4, it is not true that the New Testament writers in common with all primitive people ascribed all physical illness and abnormalities to the presence and operation of evil spirits. It is contrary to fact that demon possession is simply another name for insanity or for disassociation. The fact is that demon possession describes a condition in which a distinct or evil being foreign to the person possessed has taken control of that person. Verse 24, literally the demon making use of the wretched man's vocal organs said, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? And he says, With us. The one demon speaks for all other demons, for he realizes that what will happen to him is going to be the fate of all his fellow demons. He says, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus had been brought up in Nazareth. He says, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And it clearly means, have you come from heaven into the world? The demon accordingly in asking whether the one who came to seek out and to save the lost in Luke 19 verse 10 had also come to destroy the demons, that is to hold them into the abyss or dungeon where Satan is kept. So when the demon declares, I know, he's not telling a lie. He realizes that he is at this moment being confronted with his great opponent, opponent 
whom he again correctly calls the Holy One of God. The demons are constantly acknowledging Christ's deity even though they do not do this in the proper spirit. In verse 25, Jesus did not accept an acknowledgement coming from a thoroughly corrupt demon. Besides, the demon had no business to interrupt. So Jesus issues a twofold comment. Be silent and come out of him. The demon obeys at once. That is all he could do. He obeys, though as is evident, most unwillingly. In verse 26, the demon then, for the last time, using the man's vocal organs, crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. In verse 27, the reaction of the people to all that had happened in the synagogue is graphically related here. They were amazed, and this emotion described is a synonym of that expressed in verse 22, they were astonished. When those who were present began to ask each other, what is this? They were referring both to Christ's teaching and his demon expulsion. Note that although the account itself speaks only of one demon, the people immediately draw the correct conclusion that what had been done to one unclean spirit would be done to all. And they discussed this question about the person of Jesus among themselves, but as yet could not find the answer. What was happening in the synagogue had been so astounding that without any delay, one neighbor was telling another about it, and still another, and so it continued. And the news could not be confined or contained to where they were. In no time at all, as it is said, the news was spreading all over Galilee, or as Luke puts it, and a report about him began to reach every place in the region. So the account is straightforward and the focus is on Jesus Christ, his teaching and ministry and the effect that it has. And so when we put Jesus in the center, we firstly look and see Jesus as a faithful worshiper. We read how Jesus went into the synagogue at Capernaum on the Sabbath day and began to teach. In Luke's account of Jesus' entering the synagogue on the Sabbath day, we read that this was as his custom. Jesus Christ is our example as well as our Savior. Surely, if he made it his custom to gather with others and share and speak and read about the word, we should do the same as well when possible in public worship if not possible in public worship, on gathering online as we are doing at the moment. There's a saying that um, people say who are believers, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Every committed Christian should want to be connected to the family of God because that's where we grow and that's how we share as the family of God because in doing that, we glorify God. And the idea of a solitary Christian is in contradiction 
unless we are forced by circumstances to be on our own. We also see Jesus in the center as a powerful preacher. In verse 21, we are told that Jesus taught in the synagogue, as he also did in the Nazareth synagogue, according to Luke. While we are not told what Jesus taught, it most likely followed on from his initial preaching in Galilee when he proclaimed the good news of God and said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. It is clear that Jesus spoke with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, for Luke tells us that after his temptation ordeal, Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee. And after that, Luke speaks of the Nazareth synagogue teaching and then the teaching in Capernaum. And we note again that Jesus spoke with authority and not as the scribes. Jesus was not only a powerful preacher, but backed up his preaching with demonstration of power. He was a mighty deliverer. And when confronted in the synagogue by a man with an unclean spirit, crying out, Jesus cast out the unclean spirit or demon, as Luke referred to the spirit. We also see Jesus as a popular celebrity. Good news spreads as does bad news. And in this case, Jesus' fame became, began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. At this stage in Jesus' ministry, he was very popular, the flavor of the month, we can say, even a celebrity at that time. But as we know from the rest of the story, things did not remain that way. Even in Mark 3 verse 6, we are told, the Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him how to destroy him. When Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, there was a crowd greeting him with hosannas. Yet just a few days later, another crowd was shouting, crucify him, crucify him. As believers, we can be tempted to, to speak about a gospel that is only about healing our hurts and our wounds, and that when we come to Jesus, um, we will be prosperous in every way. The message of Christ crucified and taking up one's cross in following Christ is avoided or neglected. It is far more important to obtain God's approval than the approval of human beings. But there is a cost involved. It costs Jesus the cross. Something that clearly also comes to mind is the controversial subject of demon possession. As this passage is the first one recording, recording Jesus doing an exorcism in a way. We can ask the question, do evil spirits exist? And we have noted that the gospel writers make a clear distinction between illness and demon possession. While Western secularists on the whole do not believe in demon possession, but feel that all such descriptions are primitive and that mental illness is the valid 
diagnosis. Keener comments. Possession experiences are documented so widely that the appearance in ancient sources such as the Gospels and Acts should not surprise us. And there is another quote um, saying that the greatest achievement of the powers of evil would be to persuade us that they do not exist. However, knowing that evil does exist, if when we read our Bible correctly, especially in Revelation and all the talk around the vaccination that um, some people say it is a sign of the beast. When we read Revelation correctly, we will clearly see that this is not the case. The vaccination is not the sign of the beast. But what we also see in this passage is that Jesus has full authority. And in Revelation, we also read that the sign of Christ is on our forehead and we our names are written in the book of the Lamb. And in Romans we read that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So when we apply this scripture and when we speak about evil in the time of COVID, we need to know our Bible, we need to read our Bible, we need to do research on what it means. But one thing that remains, the scripture in Philippians remains true still for us today and will, has always, still today and will forever be. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Ephesians, we are assured that we will reign with Christ and rule with Christ. The Bible is full of assurances that nothing, nothing can snatch us out of the hand of God and his embrace. So in the scripture, we see Jesus in the center as a powerful preacher, a mighty deliverer a popular celebrity, a faithful worshipper. But mainly we see that in every aspect, the full authority that has been given to Christ and that full authority belongs to us as well. In these times of COVID where we are not gathering public, publicly together as a church, it can be very easy for us to backslide and decline in our spiritual growth and therefore we need to discipline ourselves to to check in online to listen to the word to read the word ourselves to pray regularly and we need to also encourage others to do the same jesus taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes while we are certainly not Jesus, we do, pre we do need to be preaching with authority. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones is regarded by many as the greatest preacher in Britain in the 20th century. In his book, The Sacred Anointing, 
the preaching of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, Tani Sargent quotes scholar and minister James Packer as follows, I've never heard such preaching and was electrified. All that I know about preaching, I can honestly say I learned from the doctor. I have never heard such another preacher with so much of God about him. Another quote, the sermon, as we say nowadays, blew me away. He worked up to a dramatic, growling shout about God's sovereign grace a few minutes before the end. Then from that, he worked down to business-like persuasions, calling on needy souls to come to Christ. I went out full of awe and joy with a more vivid sense of the greatness of God in my heart than I had known before. So what a challenge for all of us who know Christ, who follow him and acknowledge him as our Lord and Saviour. Do we speak with authority and do we have the anointing of the Spirit? May we be encouraged today that in Christ we have the authority and nothing can snatch us out of the hand of God. Amen. We continue to worship God with our offering and we take up the offering online. Let us pray. Almighty God, Father, Son and Spirit, you have nourished us with your word. Your word of grace feeding our spirits. As we have spoken about your life, your death and resurrection, and again been overwhelmed by what you have done for us, we pray that you will make us bold to speak out and to tell others of your great works, your glorious and majestic deeds and gracious and compassionate nature. May we be your witnesses here on earth proclaiming your greatness. In your holy name we pray. And Lord, as we offer ourselves at witnesses, as witnesses, and offer ourselves to serve you to go into the world, we also ask, Lord, that you will bless this offering for the sake of your kingdom. Mark 1 verse 28, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. May we always be quick to spread news of Jesus and what he has done for us. May our faithful Father keep us safe. Our powerful Jesus protect us from all evil and our Holy Spirit guide us in the way of knowledge and love. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen.